Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Sinks Where Fly. I'm Luke. And I'm Tyler. <laughs> we're, here, we're here with our guest, Aaron Forsyth. Right on, right on. Here's me. Hey, thanks for, How thanks do you, for coming. How uh, you say your last name? Forsyth. Okay. Forsyth. That's yeah, what I real thought. simple. Is that, is that German? Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. No. Well, I uh, am from German descent, but the name, I think, was like French-Canadian. My my grand, great grandfather was like French Canadian somewhere. In We're going to need your ancestry.com right. profile. Yeah, DNA blood test. <laughs> um, the fans want to know. He's like, what are you, like 0.14 Cherokee? No, no, no. I'm, I'm painfully probably mostly German and a little bit of Anglo Saxon and all that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Painfully white. Those Germans got a bad bag. You know? I know. They got a bad rap. <laughs> oh, boy. This is taking a south turn real quick. So, um, uh,. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Aaron? Well, uh, man, where to get in? Uh, musician. I've been that for probably now I'm going on the 30-year point. You know, I've been doing it since high school. You know, it's the... Uh, How old are you? Oh, man, this is where this is where I should lie about I my always age. knew you were older because right. I've heard, like, I think before, you're always older than I ever thought for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 47. Yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> we said like a heart piece. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I don't want to admit it, and but I, I, I think I'm holding it up pretty good. I got Dick Clark disease, so I'm looking pretty young. Yeah, you're but, looking better yeah. than me. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. But, you're uh, like I'm 107, uh, <laughs> yeah. all artificially alive. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've been doing the music thing. I mean, that was mainly the whole thing for my, that was my identity. I mean, as a kid, sure, I was an artist. You know, I, I was always drawing cartoons and caricatures through. You know, as a young kid, but you know. When I was in high school, and believe it or not, now this is going to be a way back blast for you guys. And when I was in high school, it was 1989. So the hair bands were coming in and, you know, we're all nerdy artist guys looking, how do we get laid? Let's get laid. So we had to basically buy guitars, yeah. grow our hair. I got a leather jacket at the same time I got a guitar. When did you start picking guitar? Well, I was terrible at first, but it was on the advice of my older brother. He was a drummer in a band and uh, he always said, play bass, you'll get out quicker. So I grabbed the bass and it was just something that, organically I did quick yeah. within six months I was playing in bars you know I was with him and all, and all these older guys kind of took me under their wing and yeah I was like a nerdy skinny trying to do my thing but it, it just evolved into a thing and as For years sure. go by you just keep doing it and it's learned behavior and you, all of a sudden lo and behold you're good and lo and behold I'm making money and you know and then boy you got stars in your eyes it's like all right I'm gonna go on tour and then I'm gonna do this I'm gonna quit my day job but of course. I flirt with. I can't like anytime I work any day job for like more than three weeks. I'm like, oh, what am I doing here? Like, this is not true to the universe. Like, I start freaking out. Um, so I, I get that shit. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Real life does eventually tackle you. You mm -hmm. know, like I was all set for the old. Okay, I'm going to California. I'm gonna do this. But you know, as the years go by in real life, and then I became a parent. You know, my my kid now is 15, but. You know, about that time, you know, the band's doing really good. I was in a band called Sea Hollies years ago. That was that we were getting pretty nationally big, but yeah, it's called the Sea Hollies. Sea Hollies was the original, and it turned into Pipe Yard after that. We went really prog metal kind of after that, but we were getting big. But when you become a parent, the parenting thing in real life kind of overrides the the riding off into the sunset. You know, for sure. 
you know, it's like I, my conscience got the better of me. I could have, I could have hopped on the, the big bus and gone for it, but well, I stayed in the area. I had a go of it. But, but then lo and behold, after that, you re-identify yourself. You're a father. And then you become a working musician, but you hold down a job and, and things You're start. You're doing the graphic design. Yeah, yeah. All through that. Which everything I've years. seen you do graphic design wise well, is killer. Yeah, Looking yeah. at these records you brought today. Yeah, yeah. They look great, man. Yeah, I did the, uh, well, my day job is that. I do yeah. anything you see from here to probably Pittsburgh with Butter Bud Light on it. Like, I'm, I work for the Bud Light people. So, anything from a table tent to I a, know you've done show posters for me over oh, yeah. the years tons of times. Yeah. Scotty's, yeah. Uh, The Rook. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime I've ever, like, I'm like, who made that poster? They're like, Aaron Forsyth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. My DNA is I have in some of them in, like, uh, in my, like, uh, my vault, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah, I know. I, I've been blessed to do that because I do a lot of every band. It seems like at some point, you know, whether I know them, whether I've had a drink or a smoke with somebody, or I've done their poster, it's like I, I, I luckily kind of in in the eerie you seem DNA. Like you're pretty fitting with uh, the style, so you must do like a little bit of research. You know what I mean? What do you mean? Like uh, okay, like so okay, we need a poster with these names on it. Oh, and yeah. you can just like uh, you seem to be pretty good with matching the the feel of the poster with the feel sure. of the band. Yeah. So I'm sure there's something oh, to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's where being a musician is. Like, yeah, if you're going to make a poster for a punk band, it's going to be different from a poster from, you know, a girl I saw, on a This piano. one I think you made it for me and Matt Texter, uh, another Yo, local, Matt. guy. There was, like, our names with a giant beard on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I was like, very clever, man. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Did you get him on, a, on the podcast? Not yeah. yet, but we should. He's an interesting guy. This is actually our second episode, dude. Oh, is it? Okay, okay. And uh, you did the poster. Or you did the uh, the logo, so yeah. we want to thank you for that, man. No problem. No problem. Now the doodle that you gave me, did your son do that or something? <laughs> or I did, did that. You do that. I did that. Because <laughs> it because it's funny. It has like a weird childlike kind of like scribble to it. I thought maybe it was, your son's name's Elliot, right? Yeah. I thought yeah. he did it. That's why I thought you were going. He uh, he. Uh, now that's honestly, I, that's kind of how I paint, man. That's cool. I know. I saw some of that online. It's oh yeah. It's you can see you can see your personality in it too, and you could. Like as an artist, I can I can pick up on certain things when when people are at a like on the fray or something like that. And you can see it in their music or hear it in the music. You can see it in the art, and I I can see as you've been painting lately, and you'll post stuff online, which it's brilliant stuff. Now I was going to ask you too: Are you using acrylics? Are you using oil? What are you doing? Um, I am using pretty much whatever. Mostly it have been acrylics. Uh, I I started there for a while. I was collecting like a lot of house paint. Like anytime somebody had gallons of like latex in their garage i was like yo wow. let me get those cans so um there was a period for like a few months last year that i was making posts like does anybody have gallons of paint they don't want so i was driving around collecting all these gallons of paint so i have a storage unit right now <laughs> that's <laughs> Just a, U-Haul. Like a good bath salt fiend huh <laughs> yeah. yeah so i uh, i have a storage unit right now just like full of paints and uh and wood and random pieces of you know garbage and shit. So. Well, so you're basically making this art with just whatever you find. It's like yeah, like a it's like kind of like trash art, you know. Yeah. Um, the, some of the paintings I did recently, like the sink swimmer fly uh, fish thing. Yeah. Um, that was just some acrylic paint from like Walmart. That's cool. Uh, I haven't where I live now. Um, I don't really have a studio set up, but the goal it would be to have like a studio set up, like an art studio. You're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, just like a even just like a basement with a bunch of canvas and. Uh, mm-hmm. Where I can just go ape shit, you know. Right. Like, that's that's what I want eventually. Yeah, have the canvases down and like squeezing temper paint on <laughs> <laughs> some Pollock. Yeah, it'd be awesome. <laughs> you know, just to make a mess. You know, 
So you do you do comedy too, right? Well, that's a newer. This is a newer venture. Weirdly enough, now this might tie into what you guys are talking about as far as the recovery. Like I haven't gone that route yet, but like most extreme personalities, we are. I a couple years back, I hit depression. You know, and, and yeah. it's always been looming. I always fight it. I, you know, I try to be as cheery as I can, but it kind of got the better of me. And my music, I was writing a lot of me, and I was, believe me, I was more productive when I, my brain was on the fray. But I, but I was breaking down. I was really breaking down. And people didn't really pick up on it. You know, I was, I'm always good at faking it, you know, quick with a joke in the light of the smoke. But I, there was, <laughs> there was, when I broke down, I had, to, I had to go back to basics. And my basics was, I need to laugh. So what I did, I just went to the comedy club, you know, just randomly one night. And I left there feeling energized. Like juniors? You, yeah, juniors. Oh, yeah. It's fucking great. It's, it's the coolest place in the world to just hang, watch a show. You don't feel like you're an eerie. And national comedians. And show after show, I kept going. And, and I kept leaving this place. Like, you know when you leave a bar or you leave a gig, sometimes you got that weird hole in your soul like, oh, boy. You felt like you were a dancing monkey, and then you're leaving. Oh, empty. a lot of times. You know, yeah. <laughs> For you know, sure, it's dude. that whole thing. You'll walk out like, oh, God, where am I going? But I'd leave the comedy club energized like this whole feeling of like like Ugh. even after like you'd sit in and do an open mic or like well, just going before, and catching other people before i even got to it i was yeah i was just watching watching how they did it and then my, Dude, i love comedy man i it's the most primal thing to make people laugh i is, saw chris his name's chris katane oh yeah yeah the snl guy um i don't think he was from snl um I forget who it was. I've seen a couple of shows. One was at Junior's, but it was a guy. It wasn't very, you know. Right. You don't find him on Netflix and stuff. And then um, I saw this dude in um, Kyle Kinane or something. Oh, yeah. The guy with the beard. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him at the Grog Shop in Cleveland. Ooh, that'd be a good one. And yeah. he did this whole bit on, like, the conversation of the first people that ate lobsters. <laughs> like, dude, it was... It, I never in this whole place was packed to the gills, and this is coming from a perspective of seeing um, bands like struggling to get people through the door mm-hmm. and get people to pay attention when there's loud, crazy music going on. Mm-hmm. And this dude standing up there with a mic and a beer, yeah. you know, and basically in a pair of sweatpants, yeah. and everybody's just like, and I was like, damn, that's an art form right there. It that is. dude is commanding this place way beyond anything that I could acknowledge as as a band or a solo guitar. Uh, and I, dude, I've, I've been super into like, you know, the old, uh, Eddie Murphy and, uh, Richard Pryor and I love Joe Rogue. I love, I'm a big fan of stand up. Yeah. It, it, it's, I, I didn't realize this till later. I thought, you know, well, getting back to me being depressed, I, I would, my advice I was giving people, I'm like, just, you know, when you're depressed and you're down, just go hang around your funniest friends, you know, just laugh. So I, I'd start doing that. But then... Then I was like, I, as a musician and kind of the producer mind in me was going, breaking it down. I was like, wait, I'm watching him the way he says that or leans into that. I was watching the art breakdown and I'm going, I think I can do this, you know? And then you get the prompting from, you know, your girlfriend or your friends, yeah. you know, they're like, dude, you're funny. You should go and do that, you know? <laughs> but I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't have that. My ego wasn't ready it takes for that. Some, it takes some balls to get up there, right? It did. It did. It was, was it literally easier? pants around the ankles. It, was it easier to... than like, see, my whole thing is like, I've talked to people about this and they're like, how could you, you know, how can you get up there with a guitar and sing and put it all on the line like that? But you couldn't go up there and just talk into a mic. Oof. And I'm like, 
I don't know, dude. The guitar is like this barrier. It's like it's, it cover, it's hiding me kind of. So Right. And you could hide your words within songs so you can be a little more cryptic and let things unfold and it's it's more poetic that way. Stand up is direct. It's like it's, con- it's just a straight up like storytelling. It or can like be. Some people do. Yeah. Some people do that route. So uh, who are your influences as far as comedians? Well, when I well, I, I everyone's got something, but who really connected with me? I remember, well, of course, Jim Brewer kind of hit it for me, like the way he could storytell <laughs> and the way he would just break out of character, you know, and he would just do this thing. I always loved his take on an ACDC show. Oh, yeah, he's got a monster <laughs> voice. Yeah, he's just, yeah. Because these guys are nothing but four foot two. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a monster. When it, but, but, but let's see, he was great. But I mean, the, comedy has always been there, and I didn't realize this. Like when I was a little kid, and we had our little cassette recorders. <laughs> There's me. I'm listening to the Muppet Show record. I had Steve Martin, Wild and Crazy Guy cassette. At the same time, I'm listening to Queen. Dude, of the I game. think that was like I was just reading <laughs> recently or hearing recently that was one of the most uh, bought records of yes. all time. Yeah, yeah, I know. I loved it as a kid, and I, you know, I laughed at things I didn't even understand. Like he did a thing on like Grandpa bought a rubber, and I would crack up as a kid. You know, I'm eight years old, like ah, rolling, but. I didn't realize that too. I had the Muppet Show record, you know, or cassette, you know. And then, then I had like Judas Priest screaming for vengeance and, and Queen. And for some reason, my brain, you know, as you're building Legos as a little kid, and you're listening to your cassettes, there I go. I, I went into the music realm. But coming back, and I, I, I look at my whole journey on a hindsight thing, I go, man, comedy, comic, comedy was always kind of there. It's been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a thing. Did it, so back to your depression thing, I did, I'm the king of getting sidetracked for the record. Oh, that's cool. Um, but um, you feel like, so list, So you realize that just listening and being in that environment kind of brought you out of it a little bit. And then you were thinking, you know what, why don't I try to write some comedy myself? And and, and this kind of uh, yes. helped with like your depression? It, I think it did. Even though it's still there and, and it, it wasn't, it wasn't the, solve, the problem solver I thought it would be. I, Music though, I you know you get to a point with music, and I don't know if you've you've hit this wall before, where you just you've you know I was fourteen records out, you know, and and I'm playing to I'm playing gigs to like you know, thirty people that are just kind of talking over you, you know, and it's like, yeah. and and then say you lose your drummer and you can't find a good drummer again, and then all of a sudden you know you you see your little you see things crumbling away behind you, you know, and then it's like you're forced to do the journey by yourself. It it got depressing. I. I there's so many times you could build an empire and have it crumble. Build an empire, have it crumble. Hence, you know? hence why I have gone there last year or 2017, whatever. I, I did like 200, 210 shows, something like that. Yeah, you're doing all those brewery shows. Yeah, and I was, I basically everywhere I turned, everybody's like, "Yeah, I'm in." And then when it came crunch time, like, mm-hmm. "Oh no, I'm not actually in." You know, know. are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like so. I was like, you know what, dude? I'm packing up my car and I'm in the road, and I did I did all that myself, and I wasn't making some money, and but I know what you're you're saying there. Like, uh, I couldn't count on drummers. It's like it, I always had trouble playing with others. You know what I mean? Yeah, as far yeah. as far as uh, even just playing goes, but it is rough when you're out there and like this. Even if you're making money, but you're realizing that like you know. This brewery is booking me, and, and don't get me wrong. You go somewhere like I bring this uh, Southern Tier, and like to see a band that people really want to see from the area, or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's packed and people love it. But you know, down in Virginia on like a Tuesday night, this place has you there for two hundred bucks because you're a guy with a flannel, 
right. and right. you fit their whole vibe. And like, don't don't be too loud. Right. You know, maybe yeah. throw in a cover. And it's just like, after about literally, I did like seventy eight brewery shows in the tri state. I was like, dude, I I love music and I want to do music, but maybe this isn't the way that I want to be doing it. I know. You know, I know. What I mean, I've I'd done rather, the brewery I, I, yeah. gigs. Those are tricky too because they're it's hit always, or miss because there's always there is always a good one you know what and I mean? they're good and they're always cool people they're always super sweet and super nice but people are talking over you well that's my thing they're talking they want barrels and yeah, like clank, whiskey drinks and, and, and the vibe you're there to like be like look how cool this whole vibe is you know which I get yeah it's hard yeah. as a yeah as a but it's a big artist. echoey place and then you're trying to you're spilling your guts on a song and these people are talking and and they don't know what you're the, the the story you're trying to portray you know it's yeah it got really for me it got really dark. it's hard to read those rooms oh yeah, yeah. i've played those rooms and i'm like everybody wanted me to die and then yeah. at the end everybody's like that was great oh yeah yeah they you being here and i'm like what yeah they high five you when you're walking <laughs> like out i was almost crying on the third set <laughs> yeah it's it's hard you know the music gig is is not for the weak of heart i mean everyone loves to you know come up to you at scotty's and go oh yeah we're, we're writing some originals you know and Maybe we'll we'll get some more gigs, you know, and then we'll go open for somebody at Buffalo and Nietzsche's. And then and I think to myself and I laugh and I go, well, not laugh because it, I, I admire people that want to do it. But when you get to a certain level, you're opening Pandora's box, man. Yeah. When you get to that end of the rainbow there and realize that the end of the rainbow is there is no end of the rainbow. It's just 10 more miles of emptiness. But is that, I mean, I think this is art in general. Like, Luke, you, yeah, especially recently, it's like publishing, getting published or poems published left and right. Wow. And uh, and you tell me that you're like on this quest of like, you know, getting your stuff out there and, and you're working on this all the time. It's, it's rough when you finally do, or you get rejected or, you know, tell, what, what about that? Well, it's like, uh, for me, I see like the, the, the next level is the level I'm not at. Right. And, uh, that seems really good. And then like, I haven't even imagined like the 20 other steps that are after it. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just like, well, as long as, as long as I'm just not this, and then you get to that next step. Well, if I, if I would just more, get published okay. by like someone bigger and it's just constantly, and I know the same thing with music where it's just like, we're constantly searching for more and it's that external validation, you know, like validation. Yeah. we see our, like uh, our identity is really tied into what we do as creators. Mm -hmm. And when it's not recognized the way we want it to be, right. that hurts. And, and that, like you were talking about the depression, like yeah. absolutely. You know what I mean? Like when I put it all on the line just for this, like, ooh, it hurts. Oh, you it know? does. Yeah. I think you, you get some. You get some good shit. Shit out of that. That pain. You know what I mean. If, if you're if you're uh, intellect, and I feel like if you are trying to push the envelope, um, like you, you felt this feeling, and uh, it brought on this uh, urge to do comedy. Yeah. Well, like I said, I used I. The laughter was the only thing to keep me going because yeah. because it was the validation. He tapped on something with validation, and it goes back to to the fact that we're all extreme personalities, you know, us creative types, but, and, and it's fine. You know, we can all sit in our room and do whatever we do, but we need validation. And there's a point when you, when you spill your guts out and nobody gives a shit, then after a while you go, why am I doing this again? You know, it's like, yes, sure. You're, you're trying to patch these little holes in your soul, but the valid, it's this validation thing. And I don't know if that's an ego thing. I, I suffer from it, you know, because I want validation. I, you know, you, I, it's, it's, it's bigger than likes on Facebook. I'm talking. You, wouldn't it be great if, say, your a relative, like your long lost dad or mom or somebody was like, "I'm proud of you, son," but you never quite get that. Like I never quite got that. Yeah. So it's like that hole always needs filled. So we do it. So I did it through music, you know. And I tried to fill this validation hole that 
seems to never get filled, you know? But yeah, and I know there's some internal stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, me and I speak, not speak for Luke, but this journey of recovery that I know we're both on, it, um, a lot of the literature and uh, working the steps and all that, it, it really, it really opens the gates of like, how to f- how to fill that but i think you know that's a program that's set in place for people that are just dealing with addiction mm-hmm. and not so you know not so much for like creative people specifically but well i think that raises a good question aaron do you see what you do is almost like a, a compulsive sort of thing like you have to do it it's, yes. it's part of who you are yeah music was definitely like that comedy i'm finding yes i'm that way but it's not it's not this giant beast of a of a thing that music was sure yeah yeah but it is. It is one of those things. Not to cut. No, you it's, you're good. It is one of those things, though, that um, maybe it's all creators. I mean, very few. You know, I've been that guy that locked himself in the basement and did all this like crazy shit and never showed anybody. Uh-huh. But at the end of the day, uh, I was thinking like I'm working on stuff that hopefully uh, people can enjoy later. I think right. that's a whole part of creating something right. to share it and f- feel that and see if other people understand and get it. Yeah. And it's and it sucks sometimes because. I've put out several records and uh, and I've had lots of people that enjoy it and hit me up about it. But especially with the internet, you never know who's listening to what and when, right. you know, there could be somebody on a boat right now jamming your record. Like, I love this shit. Right. But yeah. not like he already knows. I'm not going to hit him up about it, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, meanwhile, it. you're like over here, like, I'm going to end it all. You know what I mean? Um, to be dramatic, but it's, uh, it's never ending um, as far as, the people you possibly are reaching, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it is nice to know when you're creating stuff that people are enjoying it. And it helps and it helps a creative process, I, I feel like. Now, when you, you you tapped on something, too, and, and I could relate to it. You said when you lock yourself in the basement, you, it's almost like... You ever see that movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind? You know what I'm talking about. You ever see Close Encounters? And Richard Dreyfuss is a character who thought he saw the alien ship, and no one believed him. And there he is. He's building this giant mountain in the middle of his living room and his family thinks he lost his mind you know and he's yeah. building this giant mountain he goes i'm telling you they're coming they're coming you know and they all thought he was crazy it's you feel i felt like i was doing i've locked myself for six months on end in my studio and i've got a computer full of songs that the world will never hear and and i don't know why I do it. it's a compulsion like you said the compulsion but it's also too maybe the fatalist in me was thinking well geez you know when they when they find me hanging from the rafters, hopefully somebody will press play on these songs. You know? Right, that Van Gogh yeah, thing that, like, know. I'm going to leave the print size. Right. Uh, you know, One day this archive. will mean something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, as I've, I've cleaned out those dark thoughts, I'm not, I, yeah. you know, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not, like, going to hang myself from the rafters. But we've all had those moments. It's a romantic idea. Yes, yes, yes. So that brings me to a question, just to kind of get to know you better. Um, uh-huh. Who who are some of your musical influences? Because like I hear suicide, I think Kurt Cobain. You know oh I mean? yeah. I, as far as music, and like I know you're roughly from that time period. So Sui- uh, Kurt Cobain made suicide cool again, right? Uh, well, I, I don't think it was never not cool. <laughs> no, right? no, no, we shouldn't talk about this. No, no. <laughs> Classic. No. Yeah, you know it's it's some of those '90s guys. Yeah, I wasn't really a huge Nirvana fan until post that, but I, I mean I like the Soundgarden. Chris Cornell, his death kind of affected me in a weird mm-hmm. way. Um, but no, musically influenced, this is going to sound strange and I don't want to be that elitist music guy. I got to the point where I, nothing was influenced. Like I, I turned music off. Like, Dude, like I if I drive around in my car, I'm listening to NPR or I'm listening to like the comedy channel. But I, even before the comedy thing, I was, I, I couldn't listen to things because as, as a musician who, who records your stuff and, and, and being a producer for other people, 
I hear the mistakes and everything, and like I cannot enjoy music. Like I try, like I pop on a song. You could, it could be anything from the newest whatever to an old Aerosmith song, and I'm hearing like, oh boy, that snare is too loud. Or geez, or boy, they really that bridge stinks. Oh boy, oh, that's horrible. And, and like I. I can't get back to when I was a teenager and I loved music, you know? Remember when we were kids and we were like, yeah, yeah, we popped on music and it just, it was a soundtrack to our lives. Right. I lost that. I lost the love of that, you know? And it's a weird... Well, I understand that. When would you say that happened for you? Oh, shit. I would have to say probably, well, after Piper, probably about like 2010, past 11 years, yeah. Somewhere somewhere in that world, yeah. So uh, what are some of like the newer artists you're listening to? Well, I've always been a huge fan of. There's a guy by the name of Butch Walker. I don't know if you ever Absolutely, heard of him. Absolutely, yeah. I'm a course. huge Butch Walker. In fact, when I go see live concerts, I've seen him about six, seven times now. I, I go, I go every time. I'm on, a, on an effigy. I, I watch every show. I watch every note. I love his bands. I love his solo stuff. But Butch Walker really is the one who, who really said the right things that I would say. You know, is he current, dude? Or oh, uh, he's current. Yeah, he, he does what records for uh, Kelly Clarkson. Is yeah, he's a producer songs? guy yeah. too. Yes, right. he does all that. He's done the Weezer records and all the thing, but his solo song and live, live, he's an animal. I mean, the guy's yeah. killer. But it was uh, Butch's one. I, but then sometimes, you know, it's like, well, I'm looking for a connection. So sometimes maybe, maybe I'll I'll find like an old '90s record, like a you know, like a first Allison Chains record or something like that. I, you know. I, but I like singer-songwriters too, you know. To me, your stuff is kind of like singer-songwriter with a bit of like, uh, like post-punk grunge style, right? Well, it was. I, now, the, now these records you're looking at right there, though, that these you'll hear kind of the butcher thing. You'll hear that Americana. You'll hear rock. You'll hear a lot of. I mean, I, I Springsteen was a huge influence on me, but you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's like that but it has the americana rock like i like i liked rock imagine i don't know if you guys were no music before mtv came in and there was, there was rock, music before mtv yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and rock and roll <laughs> rock and roll was was not visual based you know what i mean I thought so, carson daly invented, invented music. <laughs> it was just music was different then and so you'll hear a lot of kind of weird classic rock things in there yeah. but not not in a hokey sense it's more it's more of a and 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 that record right there that we can what drive all night. What are you talking about there? What's the name of that record? This is called We Can Drive All Night, and it's kind of conceptual too in the sense that the songs tell a story from beginning to end. You know, it's a, it's about a guy who who is influenced the bad influence of the woman who wants to take him on a journey, and the journey is is gluttony and theft and sex and drugs, and he just follows awesome. right along. Is this autobiographical? I wish, <laughs> kind of, kind of. But dude, I love the art on that record. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, Let me check that out again. Real quick, since this is like audio and not visual, this right. is like the classic rock. Where can people find these records? Well, um, they just want to listen. You, you want to actually? You can listen. You can stream the entire thing. Like, I have a SoundCloud which I have a, a sure. lot of stuff. But if you go to AaronForsythe.com, I that has click links to to all that to my okay. SoundCloud page. You know, you know what I was thinking. Uh, at the at the end of this episode, we'll roll a track or two. You can pick you one. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll roll one and we'll attach it attach it to the episode, yeah, and then we can give good. a when we share it, we'll give a link to the yeah yeah to, yeah. to your stuff. Is yeah, that like cool? I said, it's just my my dot com, and then 
there's a sound i have the soundcloud thing too you know and just so rebel it's souls how do you stay current with like the you know technology's changed a lot since uh, the sea hollies uh-huh. you know i remember it was 841 814 nightlife magazine oh yeah i've oh, yeah. seen you guys in that um, mm-hmm. a lot and uh technology is a lot different today, oh yeah you know uh, so how, how did you keep up with that was it hard uh I, hmm, hard to say let me think in those days i wasn't technologically driven you know i in those days, you know, you check your email. There was no cell phones. There was no YouTubes about it. So eh, you just kind of roll up the bunches, you know. It's like, hey, you get a phone, you get a computer, and then here and there, ding, 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 like you do later, you're, you're, you're caught up. But no, recording-wise, actually, my, my inventor recording was, now you know the same guy, Trevor Huster. Yeah. Now, Trev and I were in a band in 97 called Diecaster, and he turned it into Diecaster Studios. But him and I... What did you play in that band, bass? Yeah, I was a bass player, and then... I never knew you were in that band. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we did an electronic thing where we were just programming and making beats and doing that kind of thing. Oh, that's and that, cool. That was like, ninth, I want to say, 97, 98. Oh, nice. But see, we, technology hadn't caught up yet, so here's us making electronic records and putting them on cassettes and handing them out. It's like, what? <laughs> You're an electronic band on cassette? But I learned, I learned the art of recording through him, you know, because him did and I... Did you guys used to do reel-to-reel? No, no. In those Never. days, it would have been DAT. Yes, we had a we had a DAT machine that we'd bounce things to. But I, I know mean, I knew reel to reel would have been vintage at that time. Even yeah, you know, they were, yeah, that would have been a little out of our league because they they're either they're expensive and hard to get. Yeah, and we were kind of penny pinchers. We had these Roland VS things. They were called the VS eight eighties, and we'd link them together and we'd we'd do our little thing, and then we'd. I've seen everything. people get some good shit out of those. Mm-hmm. Though. I still have mine to this day. It's still sitting oh, on my yeah. table. Yeah, it's kind of. I guess it's vintage technology now, but <laughs> but yeah, you you work. You with are Trev. an antique, Aaron. I am. I am. I am. I'm walking, talking <laughs> antique. I'm probably getting there too. But. Now you've you've worked with Trev too. He did a couple of your records, right? Yeah, Trev. We just did a one. The future looks mighty old timey. It's mm-hmm. a concept record, um, and then we did. A, I have a funny story about Trevor, dude. Uh, oh, we got tons of we got, fun. We, Trev, sorry. he's a fun guy. He um. I played a crooked eye open mic. Like, I had just moved to Erie. I had uh, done some time in jail. Um, and <laughs> to be, I'm gonna open up right here. I did right, some time cool. in jail. Kind of got sent to Erie through the court system. Uh, did some rehab. Got out of rehab within like the first week. Mm-hmm. I went into crooked eye. I googled um, um, open mics in Erie, and I saw crooked eye. I was in walking distance because I was living at this little building on Fifth and Peach. Right. That big. They just redid it, but this, like, where the Catfish Kitchen is. And then I went down to Crooked Eye, uh, signed up for Open Mic, did, like, three songs. I swear to God, like, Marty uh, Swab, uh, who used to run that place, mm-hmm. came down. Oh, my God, I love your stuff. Um, can you open up for the goddamn Gallows uh, in, like, two weeks? Uh, so I was like, okay. You know, and then, like, Maddie B hit me up. Hey, can you join my band Pothole? We're oh, going yeah. on the road. Yeah, I'm I like, okay. That. So this is, like, first, second week out of rehab, right? Um, Trevor Huster calls me like, hey, caught you at the Crooked Eye last night. I was like, what's up with this place, dude? You know? I was like, what the hell's going on down here? He's like, I want you to come over to my house uh, at his mom's crib on Mm -hmm. on like 8th or whatever. And he's like, I want to do a record for you. Just come in. And so I went in and did 10 songs, did Blood and a Sound. But -hmm. that's my Trevor Huster story. And still to this day, we never really had hung out or like went to the beach or like went out to dinner. We like, every time I see him, it's like, hey, nice to see you. How's it going? Plug in. I recorded... um, I recorded uh, Future Looks Mighty Old Timey in like two hours. Nice. Just like he was leaving town the next day. I yeah. just got out of uh, 
treatment again. <laughs> but he's like, let's do it. So I like, I kind of like went over there, tracked it, was out the door, and we've been conversing lately about. Um, I hope is he adding to your tracks too. I hope because he's such a talented piano player. We're and just multi instruments. He did a lot for Daybreak Radio mm-hmm. when we did our records. Yeah, um, yeah. This one's just straight acoustic. I'd love to build. Uh, a record with him from the ground up. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'd yeah. love he's, to. He's an amazing guy. He, he, yeah. He, but to answer your question, I've done like six or seven projects with him, yeah. including, including Pothole mm-hmm. and a Daybreak Radio and then my solo stuff. Um, yeah, so your little indoctrination to the scene. So that came quick. I remember those uh, Pothole, and I remember you doing the Goddamn Gallows show. So I remember a lot of like, where the hell did you come from? It was. It was. <laughs> yeah, it was like, boom, like a quick explosion on the scene. It's like all of a sudden, new guy. And it's like, wow, but... To us, as, as the old timeies, we get sick of seeing the same old people, and it, it's such refreshing to see, like, up at the time, and even to this day, you're a younger guy, but your songwriting and your and your evolution is so farther down the road than most people that 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 is attractive to what we as music well, aficionados. That That's lot, great. Man. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Now, I, I want to ask you quick because you're you now. He, he said you're a poet. You're I hate author? that term, but uh, yeah, I mean, I write, you know. You're a writer. You're a writer. Yeah, wow. sure. I hate that term, too, but yeah. Let's, what let's, term do you like? Yeah, what, what's let, the Let's just get it? into the question. He's like, I'm an please. alien, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's leave it at that. <laughs> wow. So you have do you, you, you have stuff published in the whole Yeah. Uh, so I had a book come out last year uh, through Alien Buddha Press called Little Hollywood, which is the neighborhood I live in. Um, I've got a, I have two other chat books before that, one with Poets Hall Press and one was a self-published. Neat. Um, and then uh, I've been submitting to like online journals and stuff. So yeah. like, uh, way too many, like spending way too much time when I should probably be like interacting with my child. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, trying to build a legacy for myself because I have that compulsion still to mm-hmm. do this sort of stuff. Yeah. Right. But um, but yeah, uh, I mean, like you know, I, I'm a musician too, but like not. I think that like there was a certain point where I was just like, it's too easy to write too hard to play music and like I'm on too many drugs to try I have to keep selling my gear and you know pawning it and stuff oh. so it's just like well no one's ever going to take like my laptop well I take it back no one's ever going to take like my fingers and a pencil so like you know I can't sure. sell that like let's keep that close to the vest and uh, there are some venues in Erie here that uh, really encouraged me you know what I mean so I was around a lot that's cool. Poets Hall yeah Poets Hall which used to be on uh, East Lake Road for oh. four or five years and that was a really a cool venue yeah. as far as uh, it was you know what I mean like poetry only or a poetry focused venue in a town like Erie is mind-blowing we have a really great arts community here of, of all so. kinds I think so yeah. yeah you know um especially for like the size of the town and I think uh you know it, it can be a little challenging with with the size because like you said you get sick of hearing the same people true and uh you know sometimes uh, we can kind of monopolize venues True, you know, yeah, and, and then you're preaching to the choir. Then there's the, yeah, I always, my complaint was there's not enough civilians because we want to do what we do. Wouldn't it be great to, to tell a story to a, bunch of, a room full of civilians, but instead you've got to tell it to, right. I do it with comedy, we do it with music. It's yeah. like, how many times are you preaching to the choir? It's like, holy crap, and 10 musicians <laughs> and no civilians. I want civilians, you know? Right. For sure. Absolutely. But, um, and it's, it's that seeking that validation because for yeah. some reason, like, yeah. you're new, you're different, you're exciting. It's just like with a romance, I would say, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's part of whatever the hell's wrong with us slash what yeah. makes us great. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like getting proof at some point that what you're doing is valuable to people because you've genuinely seen it. Mm-hmm. And then you get even more focused on doing this valuable thing. And then, uh, when you go through waves of like, does nobody give a shit about this? It is hard. It is hard to, to keep going. Um, and to be honest, I'm with you on this, Aaron. Like 
uh, it's funny that you said that because I, I I hit a little wall with music myself where um, you know when I'm hanging out at home I'm not listening to records I'm yeah. listening to like podcasts and yeah. talk radio yeah and um, I'm not you know people ask me what my favorite band is like there's so many bands that I've really loved and like met my quota on and like <laughs> absorbed the influence and then kind of like just got into like what I was doing and I felt like without any of that outside distractions I could like write better I did without too. trying to compare to others or like I'm gonna go with like a sound that they're going for I've never really done that so like I've cut myself off from listening to any sort of music but comedy has been that like ha- like always you know like laughter dude the world's best medicine it's yes. a, as cheesy as that is that's some truth but and, the, and I've been I, dude I've sat around and wrote down some ideas for like a stand-up routine but I don't know if I have the balls to do it so that's yeah, well, get back to that, dude. Like, that's okay. Um, if if that's cool with you guys, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I wanted to know that, and we kind of all got sidetracked. That's yeah, that's my MO. <laughs> that's cool. Um, <laughs> what the first time you ever did it? Uh, tell us a story. Well, it was juniors just did the open mic. You know, it's one of those standard like, all right, I'll sign up on like. So I go in there, did my little. You know, they always give you a five. It's a five minute slot. Generally, generally, open mics are five minute slots. You don't think five minutes is a lot, but when you you gotta have something going on. Yeah, you don't want crickets. Yo, yeah. So I went up there, and I had my little routine. You know, I did something on making fun of live, love, laugh signs and my dog, and making making sound effects of my dog, and and like I I kind of pushed the envelope because I knew because I you see a thousand I saw a thousand like wannabe comedians and they all stand up there and. Uh, they drone on and tell you their their awesome edible story, and you go, oh god, it's so fucking boring. I wanted to, I wanted to up the ante, you know, get a little yeah. crazy up there, you know, do something, do something, yeah. stand out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I got up there and basically, yeah, it's I had three little things worked out, and I think it went over good. It was kind of a blur. Then I was like, all right. I could see that, like you, you, at the end of it, you feel like you blacked out almost. Almost, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> like, oh wow, five minutes took a lot out of me, and. And then the, these guys, at the end of it, th- and thank God these guys are around. I don't know if you have you ever met uh, a guy named Will Ayers and uh, D- uh, Dan Brady from Fubar Comedy, and they do this thing down at Basement Transmissions. They, you know, and they're they're local comics themselves. And they, and they I think I've heard of the Fubar. Yeah, the Fubar. It's them guys. They thankfully, I'm outside having a cigarette. You know, I'm trying to get my shit together. Like, oh man, what have I done? Oh, my music <laughs> friends are gonna think I'm an idiot. But no, they're like, come on down. Yeah, yeah, we like your energy. Come on down. So I've been going to there, you know, every every other Tuesday. BT? Yeah, yeah. They'll do an open mic there, you know. No, that's every other Wednesday. And then... How many sign-ups usually? There, it's probably about 10, maybe 8 to 10. So there's a little bit of a community. Yes, there is. There is. Now now that I've been doing it a while, all these... Yeah, there's the same cast of characters, which are about they're 15 deep, and then you get the the newcomers, or you get some some guy that'll just get up there and talk and whatever. That's cool. But the diehards that I'm seeing, the, there's a few around town here, and they, and they they mean it, and and I, and they were so refreshing. Like I'm talking to these, they have no idea I was a musician. They had no idea my journey. I was just just some weird wacky guy who made sound effects that they liked. And I liked it. I liked taking off that hat. And they it was were, probably like nice to get into a new, like, because you probably remember your first couple open mics you went to, mm-hmm. that energy. You know, you didn't know anybody, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Like, what's going to happen? And like being able to, like, okay, I'm, you know, fuck music for a minute. I'm going to walk over here. And it's like the whole thing all over again. 
with it, new people, new faces, barely is. anybody there. You're like freaking out though, and you're like, I was nervous. I, yeah, <laughs> and it's funny. I could play a thousand music gigs, never get nervous. It's second second skin, but comedy was scary. But I, thankfully, my girlfriend was with me. Tina, she she's been kind of backing me too. She's one of those ones that'll tell, you know, you're funny. You know, at the end of the night, like we'll be driving home from a gig. And, she, and I'll be like, oh, honey, I bombed. I'm terrible. What am I doing? What am I doing? And I'm like, I'm like that Muppet pounding his head <laughs> on the piano. You know, ta, 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 ga, 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 you know, and she's like, no, honey, you're good. It's good. That was a good one. Da, da, da. And we'll, and she, she keeps reinforcing me and keep me going. Yeah. And, and, and I need that because self-deprecation, self, <laughs> the self-bashing. It'd be hard to not tell, like, so you need somebody to tell you. Yeah. Like, if I'm not funny, tell me now and I'm getting the hell out of Dodge. That's kind of what I like. Was. Give me, like... But be honest. Uh, so that would be nice to have somebody be like, listen, you know, work on this it or whatever. That's, that's killer. And, and I, you know, because I, I was like, all right, because when I met these local comedians, he, a lot of these guys, Casey and all these guys and, and Dan and Will and, and Anthony Morelli, uh, they're serious about what they do. And I don't want to take the pork chop out of their mouth. I don't want to be the guy to walk into their scene and and then, you know, pull my wiener out and slap it on the table. I don't want to be that guy. They've got their own thing. But... Then, it, like, my girlfriend was like, no, you are pretty good. And everyone, and I was getting a lot of good feedback from people. You know, just me being wacky and being over the top that I you am. You do seem like a character. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Very animated fella. Yeah, I'm always kind of like that. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of working. It's, it's, it's my schmick, but it's not really a schmick. It's just me. It's just a magnified version of me. And I, I think I like it. I like the directness of it. I like... You, you know, you get out there for, if, now I'm working into like features where you're getting 10 and 15 minutes and things like that. It's so direct. And so to make somebody laugh is such a primal feeling. It's better than so music. So you getting some laughs? Oh yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm getting That's awesome. Now I've bombed too, you know. Yeah, I, I don't I mean to sound like a critic. I was just, uh, just. Oh, I've gotten, <laughs> yeah, I've bombed. Or, but, but for me, my little schmickeroo, I'm, I'm kind of animated sound effecty. So for me, when I go up, it's it's like a buzz, like I'm I'm shot out of a cannon, and then I sit down. Boy, yeah, I bet. And I can't even tell if I bombed or not. I just like okay, you know, you got people, and people tell you you're funny, but you know, you have a time believing him, right? No, no, I no. never believe. No, <laughs> no, I go, oh god, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but a little bit, it's something I like to do, though, you know, and it's and it's the next. I, I want to catch it, man. I want to come yeah. see it. And it's a, it's a new chap. There's another th- reason why I kind of been walking away from music is, is it's very it's a young man's game. You know, I, I am 47, and yes, I can shake it with the with the best of them. But you know, when I'm when I'm 55 or I'm 60, you know, what am I gonna do? Join a blues band? You know, what am I gonna get out there and just go oh, play Mustang Sally again? I can't. Do it. That's not me. You know, I, 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 I you know. Well, you don't like Mustang Sally? <laughs> get, the, get the hell out of here. That's great for the guys that do it right, but that's not. Yeah, yeah. And that's my. And I do still play bass. Keep in mind, I'm still in Whiskey Road, so I'm I'm, I'm playing in that. I'm doing that, but that's not like songwriting. That's that's just a cover band. That is. Tell us about that because I knew I heard I've heard the Rebel Souls, and I know that's your baby, right? Yeah, that one. And then Whiskey Road. That's a couple guys from Geek Army, and then uh, Ron Sutton is the drummer. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's it's like rock and modern country, you know. I know. The cover stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool though. And and I play and I'm back to the bass. So I make a couple extra bucks doing that. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, it's like a second job. It's nice. I know Ron Sutton and uh, his cover projects usually do. Oh, he's pretty dude. damn good. These guys are pro. In fact, we had band practice this morning. This is why I was here at two and not one. We we did band practice. Now, how many bands do you know are going to do band practice on a Sunday from 10 to noon? 
And we walked in, learned three songs. We got three songs on the board. Let's learn these three songs. Boom, boom, boom. That's I mean, pretty good. Bands that have a board, that seems unlikely. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's tight. When we learn songs, it's it's like you're in the David Letterman band. you got to learn these songs. you got to know your parts. you got three tries to do it. Boom. And and it's... And I'm playing I was, bass. So. I was always such like an all-over-the-road leader. Uh, I think I could do it better now, but I give it up to anybody that's been in a band for me because not to take away from any of the skill or the songwriting because I feel that shit and I know it's, it's there, but uh, it's a different monster to be able to to just pump out stuff and be yes. like on top as a leader. Yeah. Something Matty B was always really good at doing. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's got infinite energy though. That yeah, he, yeah. He, he was always like band director. Uh, yeah. uh, I feel like I'd bring in the killer tune once in a while. I mean, he had killer tunes too, but um, I've always been like a. Here's this idea. Can somebody fix it for me? You know. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So yes, yeah, so you gave the ingredients, flopped it on the <laughs> yeah. table, and let the chefs work it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me solo is like it's pretty more uh, free form, but I totally get that. Like. Um, he is a pro. You guys go in there and crank out three songs in two hours, and you head over here. That's yeah, pretty killer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like, and they're pro guys. I mean, they, every nuance, every every note is perfect. I mean, it's it, there's no you got to stick to the script, and and we have fun doing it too. You know, it, it, people, anyone who bashes a cover band like that or bashes, I I, I, I want to get them in a chokehold because these guys are the real. They're they they work way harder than any fucking you know. Some busker on the street that you might think, oh, that guy's pretty good. But these guys in the cover, like like Terry Wood, the singer, he'll go in Geek Army and he'll sing three sets on a Friday, three sets on a Saturday, and and keep that party going. Is he in uh, Sunday Sound too? No, no. Okay, wrong no. guy. He's in Geek Army. He's the All singer. Right. He's a monster. I wonder and then if I know Terry. Ten a.m. in the morning, we're singing. He's singing again. It's like oh, yeah. singing three sets, you know, four nights in a row. Is like. Where can people catch you guys? Well, anything coming Doc up? Doc Holiday's next Friday. Oh, Doc nice. Holiday's up the road. Yeah, but like I said, that I, I keep doing it because it's extra money, and I like those guys. We I love playing bass again. Because you know? yeah. Rebel Souls, I was a singer guitar player, whereas Sea Hollies and all those old bands, I was a bass player. And I once again, I had to find this whole relove the bass again. You know, I got a new five string, and now I'm you know killing it on the five oh, string. Yeah. You know, grinding away, and I like it. It's new refreshment. What? Uh, who are your bass playing influences? Who do you really like? Oh God! Besides yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, back. I mean, through the '80s and '90s, I was always like a Bill Sheehan fanatic. You know, I loved the whole growly distortion thing. But now, doing modern country, of course, it ain't like that. I, 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 you got to be warm. It's got to be, you know, it's a whole different route. But I, I like anyone from like a Nathan East down to, you know, I mean, we all like the Jaco and the things of that nature. But yeah, they, I just like anything. Jaco's that's a madman. Oh yeah, yeah. It, but some of these country bass players. They ain't no slouches, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, everyone likes to laugh at the modern country. Oh, oh modern country. No, no, I'm telling you, listen to the, some of the musician work and some of that shit. They're animals. Animals. They're, they're killing it. Killing it. And I love it. They're pumping out a good, they're pumping out a product yeah. that sells, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> I get a little butthurt about modern country because uh, the emotion, I feel like, in some, of the, in some of the lyrics and stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? I know. Uh, and everybody loves it. And meanwhile, like, you know, over there, like, but I went through this for real. Yeah. You know, like, who gives a shit? But they, but what I liked about what I like about country and modern country, they they're they're another one. They went direct. They they're not gonna mask a th- thought behind unfolded lyrics. You know, it's like like a tool album has to unfold. They're putting it out there. It's direct. It's like, hey baby, let's go do this. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> you know, I get that. It's direct. And the average idiot who drinks beer and sits in a bar, 
you know, they don't want to think. They want to drink. Those are your fans, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they want to. They want to think. They don't want to think. They want to drink. I've know? thought of that about. I I know that uh, there was a there was a review about my music one time. Not to keep turning it back, but I, <laughs> just uh, just with what you're talking about, that was um, in the Erie Reader, and it was one of my first articles. And I guess it was a positive, but it's like, have you ever wanted to go out and get a drink on a Saturday night, but you couldn't because this guy just kept forcing you to feel these emotions and poking and prodding oh, no. you and, until you felt things. Uh, well, that's local Tyler Smilo. And I'm like, I read that and I'm like, I don't know if that's the worst thing I've ever read or if this dude's right. like, if this is badass. But um, I, I, I can see that. And I guess I've never thought about that with, um, with, with pop country. Like there's no, there's no like big behind the scenes thing going on. With my shit, it's like, it, it I get that a lot of song singer songwriters. It's real personal to them, and you can kind of read between the lines and come up with yeah. your own version. But some of this shit on pop radio, it's like we're having a good time. Yeah, we're yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I'm dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's pretty much, and I can see that. I like a lot of like, uh, do like Zach Brown. Oh, he's. I feel like he's one of those guys that's yeah. in the middle there. Yeah, he, he, like, like he Brothers still, Osborne's another one that they're just a really good band. Sturgill Simpson. Oh, Sturgill's awesome. See, like, yeah. so I do like country. Uh, and those guys are kind of, if you listen to them, they're some of the yeah, they're the real deal. Pop country. Real fucking deal, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and that goes back to, too, like, when we're writing songs, did you, like, I got to the point, too, where, and I learned, have you met Dan Bainey yet? Are you, you're friend? Yeah, yeah. Now, Dan Bainey is a good, good friend of mine. Dan Bainey's got me out of some jams. Has he? He's got me <laughs> yeah. out of some, a lot of jams too. He saved my ass a million times. He's the greatest, one of my best friends. And when I was doing his records, you know, I learned a lot of his country appeal. But what he told me, he goes, Aaron, I'm going to tell you, you're you're writing songs, you're writing songs to your musician friends. He goes, forget about them, forget about them. They're 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 not going to be there on a Friday night. They're selling you out. Just write to the average person. And he was the one who showed me that and convinced me that it, I was. I should be writing songs to people, average American people, and not not impress my musician friends with a cool lick. Yeah, that makes you know, sense. It, like his thing is like we're, we're we're entertainers. We're there to sell beer. We're there to sell the party. We're, you're not there to sell how killer you are on 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 you know yeah. playing playing your bass upside down and 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 doing hammer ons on a that's you don't need that you know that's not going to sell beer. What we're literally dancing monkeys. You know, and yeah. you know, get out there. It's like balloon animals. <laughs> you know, let's go make some balloon animals for people. I guess coming to that realization and like, and not wanting to be that, and I guess like it somewhere is. along, and but he is right. Like if that's what you want to do, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess it comes to a point for me as an artist. It's like I don't, you know, I'm trying to get away from the party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not true. exactly be the party. Right. So, but I, I um. I get that. I just, I think there is, uh, I pray there's, there's room in the space. There's uh, a right. lot of guys I listen to that like probably aren't bringing in a million dollars, right? but they're doing something that's awesome and they're still making some money. And then, yeah. uh, like my parents never understood that. Like talking to my parents, like I want to do music and they're like, you know, if you were my dad, I remember my dad saying like, if you were going to be the next Van Halen, we would have known when you were 10. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Like he, he didn't really understand the concept. Uh, so like I, it, it's that realization, like just you know, you don't have to be on the cover of Rolling Stones to be a professional musician. No, you know, no, no. There's a don't. lot of in between area, and uh, it's just what level you're happy with and what you're willing to accept. And it then, is, it and is. then, but 
it comes down to like what you're doing. Like you know that you want to be in the creative space with graphic design, uh, comedy, doing some music. Yes. So you're you're living in that creative space. I am. I am. Yes. You know. Luckily, I'm I'm thankful. And for it might it. not be pleasure. exactly what uh, you always thought it'd be, but no. not a lot of people no. have that luxury. I know, no. Luke. You live in the creative space. Not really. <laughs> you know what you do online? I uh, I'm a, I mean I'm a software developer, so it's much more like uh, above the shoulders and not like heartfelt stuff. Um, but still, that is uh, it's you kinda, create websites and stuff for people, right? Uh, no. Oh, okay, really. I got, I'm way off. Yeah, it's cool, dude. You know, we'll just cut this out. Uh, no, but um, you know, cut I, it out. I, I think that's a great point, though. You know, about being in the creative space, like it's just uh, you've got something inside, you've got to get out. It's kind of yes. part of that compulsion, but uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, no, it's it's, no. it's a drive. Yeah. If, if you want to put it into like a, a nicer a yeah. nicer terming. Yeah. Uh, but so, so let's talk a little bit about graphic design. Like, how okay. did you get into that? Oh, shit. Well, that was luck. Well, actually, my day job being the beer thing, years ago, years ago, I was, uh, I found in my band Sea Hollies, it was just, I made a poster. And then I went down to Erie Beer, you know, like, oh, we got, you know, and we, we got a beer endorsement. The band had a beer endorsement. Right. So we went down there. I went down with my poster, and it was just luck. This girl, was, she goes, I'm leaving my job here in two weeks. Uh, can you make another one of those? And she kept testing me. And then, lo and behold, you know, Kevin hired me and, and he, you know, he t- took a chance on me, you know? So I was making posters, but so that was the graphic part of it. You know what I mean? And, and from there on, it turned into from band posters to beer posters to everything. But pre that, of course I was creative. You know, I was a cartoonist and I was always making, you know, caricatures and cartoons and all, you know, I was good with my hands and, but that was computer, you know, that's, you know, you're making, it started with a band poster started, and then it turns into a day job. You know? So uh, what kind of software are you using? Um, we're Corel. Just using, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so are Corel. you at home and they send you? No, over no. I'm, I'm in an office down there. Giant ass printer, giant latex printer with giant roll. I mean, it looks like a giant Kinkos down there. Have I got you ever everybody. done anything like off the books? Or, you can you not say? No, I have. <laughs> I mean, people have hired me to make logos, like like companies. No, but and, I mean, like, what would your beer do if, like, you walked down and you were like printing off banners for your? Band oh, I never would. I never. I no. I I would stick to the books and and if. <laughs> <laughs> True, really and if I had to make a band post I mean they're all cool they'd be like well just put a Bud Light logo on it because and make sure your guys are drinking Bud Light you know it's yeah. kind of one of those which we do so but no. wink wink <laughs> no, I'm just kidding no, I'm just I kidding yeah. wink no I'm just kidding no, I get it but I, <laughs> yeah, no, I really never really had to yeah I yeah, I, I played by the rules I'm cool like that yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah. See, that's my problem. I'm always like, what could I get away with here? That's not, that's not how <laughs> yeah. I should. I'm learning not to live like that, I guess. So how did you get, uh, I mean, did you just kind of like, oh, I'm going to pick up Corel to make this one poster, and that's how it went? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had, I weirdly enough, luckily, I had like an old version of Corel on a computer somebody gave me along the line, and that's how I made the poster. But then come to find out, they, they were using Corel, and anheuser Bush templates are done in Corel. Wow. So yeah. yeah, So when I oh yeah yeah that was luck. That was luck. Do you have do you do you have to do any like uh, training to stay current with what you're doing? I mean, Mm. how do you stay up to date with design as well? You just gotta really gotta keep an eye on what's going on. Like you, I've seen I because I look back on shit I did five years ago, three years ago, ten years ago. I was horrible, but I was doing good. But styles do change. It's like music. There's an ebb and flow. I can you know fonts change, sizes of things, placement of things do change. I say keep up on it just like for me, I'm, I'm kind of trained that way. Like if I walk into a Target and I see like a bunch of signs like on the shelf, I'll see how they're arranged. I'll see in the font. I'll see. It. Or if I walk into like even a subway or a, or anywhere, a store or, or 
it's it's just something you recognize, you know. Were you always like that, or was it something that you really picked up when you started the job? Yeah, I was always kind of like that, but that enhanced it. That just threw that just was a nail in the coffin. So like, see, I thought I was kind of autistic or something. Like when I was a kid, I'd be, I'd look at things, I'd be like, wow, that Burger King logo is really cool. I really like the really circle around and the way it flows. And I would think about it like that. And I was, but then come to find out, as I'm making logos, I'm like, no shit, I was actually onto it. And then when I was, you know, ten. I was always, I always thought the FedEx logo with the arrow. Yeah. Somebody pointed it out to me one day. I'm like, that's clever shit right Yeah, there. I was about 30 when I, when I realized that. Or somebody told me, really. I was like, holy shit, there's an arrow in it. They are geniuses. Well, an RB. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's roast beef sandwich. Yeah, yeah, RB. Like, I never knew. I, oh, shit. I learned that at Dartitude of Pittsburgh. They're like, you don't actually know what RB stands for? RB, roast beef, you know. Yes. Um, and I Brilliant. was like, no, you know, yeah, that's good shit. I know. I know Matt Texter, speaking of, we were talking about him earlier, he a uh, local musician. Yes, awesome. he's a good artist, too. But he does graphic design, yep. too. Yep. yep. So, like, for ear, you work for Erie, Be- Erie Beer? Erie Beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah they they distribute the Anheuser-Busch, you know. So, to get that job, like, did you have to have, like, a graphic design degree, or did you kind of put together a portfolio? Normally you would for something like that, but no, no. Like I said, when I made this poster, and this girl was just, had to be leaving at the time. And I don't think she had a replacement. It was just kind of like, hey, I like your poster you did for your band. Uh, can you make me another one? And then she kept testing me, make this one, make another So she kind of tested me a little bit to make sure I had it. But at the time, you know, I was Do tall. you do, like, their ads? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like so when people see an Anheuser-Busch, like, billboard around here? Some of that around stuff. here? Yeah, those you got to send off to Lamar. But, you know, Lamar does the big version. But we do the digital, yeah. you know, the mini thing on the computer. But, yeah, yeah. It's it, cool, man. Yeah, it's... It, you know, and they're great folk to work for. They're cool. I, I can be creative with boundaries, and I have insurance. I have insurance. I mean, a musician with insurance—that's <laughs> unheard of. Yeah, you I know. think half the creative process comes from being sick and not being able to get it. Treated, yes, right? yes. I have a four hundred one k. I mean, what? That's I, where you I, went wrong. <laughs> I, I never would have thought I had. You know, because you're saying you're a sellout. Uh, yes. Oh man, yeah. it's creative, but but. I'm yeah. waiting to sell out. I'm just like someone. Who I wish someone would be buying. I, I would know. sell out immediately. <laughs> I know. I know. Give me that check, man. So, um, can we talk about? So, you're a producer as well. I mean, yes, you're I've recording done recording for a producer. Yes, uh, I, have a, I have a studio at my house. Yeah. We should do a project. <laughs> we could. So, uh, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, uh, I know you said you were working with Trevor Houston, and he's he does recording as well. He's a recording engineer. Yes. Yes. Um, so, is he? Was that how you learned? Yeah, I learned because we had the, we, we were mixing gear in those days and. And we were in a band together, but he he's way smarter and way more on it than I was. You know, I was kind of like, uh, uh. He's a ninja, dude. Oh, yeah, because he's brilliant. He's a brilliant guy. But but I saw what he was doing, and I had him, my old band, Letters to the Dead, he recorded the first record. And I, I and he did he did R.C. Holly's records and the Pipe Yard records. But I watched everything go down, and then I was like, you know, I'm going to, I think I can do this. And then when he moved, he moved. That was the whole thing. I would have, he would have kept working with me, but he moved to Denver, so... I can't, I can't knock on his door for every creative whim I have. So I had to do it myself, you know. And yeah, and I, I did the two Letters to the Dead records myself. And my recording skills in those days were kind of crappy. Yeah. They're crappy. I'm, I'm a little bummed. I, I let bad or good songs sound bad because of my mix. But you know, by the time I got to my solo stuff, you know, no, it shit sounded good. You know, and every record got better. And then I was working. Then, then Dan Bainey hired me to do his his records, which that was great because Dan is a brilliant songwriter. But he He's do, another guy we got to get on this show. You I, 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 you kind of just blew that into my mind. He, 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 he sells songs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's on Lake. In fact, we're all on Lake. You're on Lake House still. Yeah. Yes. So, and he is too. Um, the, 
yeah, he's a brilliant songwriter. Like he would just give me songs on a click. He'd be like, I don't know, check this out. And, he'd, and it would just be him playing a song and it's pretty simple, but he has a, some gift of finding this magic chorus. And then his voice is just like, it's it's magic. It's just yeah. magic to your ears. So there's just something about. It. But he would give me things on a click track, and I would just build around the click track, and I would take his song and, and go, well, what if I go and I would make a riff around a, a, on top of what he was doing, and then reimport his his vocal. You know, and just make a hodgepodgey version. And is Ryan Kizak? Is that his name? Ryan Krychak. Yeah. Krychak. Is he in the mix? Not not stuff? with us, no, no. He well, he's in refuge with them, okay, and yeah. he does his own stuff with his own band in rock school. So he's 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 on his own trajectory. Um, but the Dan Bainey solo records, you played some instrumentation on those. I did them all. Yeah, I did every oh, from great. beginning to end. Yes, yes. I so knew it's that. Basically, the, me and Dan. It's a, Erie is a big orgy of musicians. It is. <laughs> yeah, we all know each other. You know, yeah. We, yeah, you could throw a rock and they're like I know that cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. So you play everything: drums, bass, yeah. keyboards. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you all like how long have you been playing all those instruments for I mean I know bass and guitar has been yeah a bass while. and guitars was my thing I you know I think my brother was a drummer for he was the one who got me into it but so the drums were always around I and, and I believe me I'm not that good at other things like piano and keyboards I'm horrible I mean I'll, you know I might find a drone note on an organ or something but no find your way around yeah yeah you know I, I fake it till I make it you know I just try it again try it again try it again try it you know but yeah, guitar and bass is my thing really you know and just knowing it's not what I do that's great. It's, I kind of what, know what not to do. Sure. So, you know, it's just an editing process of doing it over and over, trial and error. Do you, have, do you find it hard to be understated? I mean, I know that like, you're a very, like, uh, prog sort of oriented, jazz sort of oriented musician. Is it hard to stay understated when you're playing, especially with like, a country artist? Uh, yeah. Well, well I'm not you... a jazz prog guy I, I, because I, I'm not that great. You know, I'm not as great as some of those guys. But... Uh, yeah, yeah. Trying to pull back, you know, less is more. You know, the older you get, and when you get a more as a mature songwriter, you realize less is more. It's so this Rebel Souls. Like, what what genre would you? I know that sucks as, a, as an artist to be asked that question, but what would you sum this up as stylistically? I say it's rock and roll. I say it's 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 yeah, it's straight normal rock and roll, but like four Ameri- I call it Americana rock and roll. So right. it it'd be like. It would be like injecting steroids into into like t- imagine Tom Petty and you and you jacked him full of steroids and, and gave him a little bit of snarl and anger. You know, yeah. it's kind of that kind of vibe. You Shot know? off so, a little ACDC. Yeah, a little <laughs> little that in there in the music and the guitars, but eh, you know, I, I yeah, like yeah. that American approach, like a Petty kind of thing. You know, so yeah, yeah, it's doing good. I like the music. I might go back. I might go back, but I'm gonna stick with the comedy for a while. I'm gonna focus my thing. On the con. I want to catch some of that, man. I know. I, you're like, inspiring me to attempt it. Yeah? <laughs> Maybe. Like, Where are you performing next? <laughs> well, the ne- let's see. Well, next one will probably be, let's see, this Tuesday. I, I Probably an open mic at the Avalon. We'll do that on Tuesday. Right on. And then do I'll probably go Thursday to Jamestown. We do this open mic there. You know, I'll probably go there. What's you the know? name of the club you perform at in Jamestown? Um, Infinity. Club Infinity. Well, it's not really a club. It's more a... It's like a weird coffee shop with a bar above it. And it's a comedy spot, though, specifically? Yeah, these guys cool. from Karate Sleepover throw a thing. <laughs> yeah, they're called Karate Sleepover. Yeah, these, they're funny. Yeah, they're funny dudes. And they'll, yeah, they just throw a little... Yeah, we have, the thing with comedy, everyone kind of... Like, there might be 20 of them from Jamestown. There's probably about 15 of us in Erie. You know, Pittsburgh guys, there's probably about 30. You see little subsets, and we're all kind of intermingling, and we're all kind of, like, intersecting on different gigs. 
but uh, the the pool is small. The pool is smaller than you think. You know, when you think yeah. of Pittsburgh, you go, "Wow, shit, they got a million people," and you're telling me there's only thirty comics. I mean, I'm sure there's more. Isn't but there a comedy shop up there? Like oh, the brewery. They, have, they right? have shit going on every night. Yeah, Hambone. Yeah, there are all kinds of shit going on. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh. Hambone's got. Uh, they do music too. I think so. I played Hambone's. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you think, right? Yeah. I, you think? They all blur together, kind of. <laughs> but they, yeah. I played a comedy. It was a comedy uh, brewery combo, like an upstairs downstairs, and I think it's yeah. in Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah. What's that place called? Uh, is it Hambones? I don't know. I forget. Uh, I know. I'm, I'm bad. At, I'm they bad have like at a little, like, it looks like a little uh, theater type thing upstairs, real dark. Uh, and it, it seems pretty cool. And then they have um, the brewery downstairs. I forget what it's called. It might be Hambones. Hambones is, I, I think, in, um, uh, I forget. I don't know. I know. I'm bad at recall. <laughs> I, I think it's just years of. Oh, yeah, you know, too much marijuana I made me a little slow. <laughs> I'm glad you said it and didn't just do the hand symbols because I was like, man, this is not going to translate well. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. I smoked a lot of weed, uh, and I never, I never inhaled though. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with the, the Bill Clinton approach. I'm going with the Bill Clinton approach for a lot of things, but that's not one of them. Just the yeah. cheeseburger eating. And the no macanudos, no macanudos. Like I smoked a lot of crack, but I never <laughs> inhaled. Yeah. <laughs> so what does the future look like for Aaron Forsyth? Well, I I would say I'm gonna keep keep on this trajectory. I'm gonna keep going. I'm I'm gonna play my whiskey road gigs when no one's looking, and I'm gonna have fun with my friends. But I'm gonna focus on the comedy, and I want to do that. I gotta maintain my day job. I got a 15 year old daughter, which I maintain too. Which you know, but she runs herself. She's 15. Right, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> you know, that's just, it, right? Yeah, I just yeah, it's take her to school and high five. But Have you thought about incorporating any like online stuff with your comedy? Well, like doing I, some like video. I do want to. I, I get nervous because it's like you hate to in comedy realm you put it out there and then then all of a sudden like you don't want to put out your whole thing and then all of a sudden they come see you and you're doing the same schmick, you know. So that yeah. but also too, I I don't have any film friends. I wish I knew maybe one of you guys know film people. I need. I do need a video. I need a video. I need to get a YouTube presence going for the comedy. You know, I was that way. I was really shitty that way with the music too, because I got the audio angle covered. I never had videos. You know, like I know guys. Especially now, it's like yeah, it's like even you. You got, you, you got all those all their videos. Senses. You got videos. You got a YouTube presence. I don't have shit. I'm a ghost in the machine, which is pr- well, I used to think, well, maybe it's better. You know, I don't blow my wad and, and, and look like an idiot. But now it's getting <laughs> to the point where I don't have anything. I got nothing. Yeah. I'm a ghost. So I gotta get that going on. So that's next. You know, I I, I want to do it this summer. I'll maybe Nick know. and Jessica Taylor. What Nick, about Nick? You know those guys? Nick and Jessica Taylor. That Nick, sounds familiar. Uh, Taylor was in Falling Hollywood. Oh yeah, and yeah. then his I don't girl, know them Jess, personally. They have a little film. They, well, it's it's grow, ever growing. They they're killer. Uh, they yeah. did the uh, End Notes with Nick Warren. Um, do you ever see those Eerie Reader videos? Yes, yes. They did those. those. those uh, I think they're called Menjai. Uh, yeah. Menjai. Menjai. Menjai Eerie. Yeah, Menagerie. Yep. I don't know how to say that, but it's. I think it's Menagerie. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, if you're listening or happen to listen, but they do great videos. And then like Howie Glover he's, does yeah, killer he's stuff. A master, yeah. And then Rob Frank did the rooftop sessions. Yes, yes, yeah. These um, are people that I indirectly kind of know, but I don't it's a know small, them. It's a small. Um, I feel weird going town. up and going, "Hey, man, can you?" You know. Yeah. And, uh, you so know. throw some money at it. <laughs> well, that's the idea. Yeah, you know, people moving money, but uh, yeah, that's another thing that does. Dude, I'm finding out uh, 
forget his name, Andrew or something. He was on the Joe Rogan show recently. Uh, and he's this guy that's like blowing up off YouTube from comedy. Oh, yeah? And they're talking about how... Uh, same thing with music, man. The, the space has changed and uh, everybody's got a mic with tons of followers potentially. Yeah. And it's just like getting them geared towards your channel and giving them the right videos and people can blow up over a fucking night. I know. You know what I mean? I know. It's just like how to go about that. And I'm, I'm with you on that. It's uh, it's the ever it's the ever growing fight. I know. And I and I, even just being here doing your podcast. This is part of my girlfriend told me like, "All right, Aaron, stop being so negative. Here's your new mantra. Just say yes. Say yes to everything when somebody offers you." Now, not can I, I buy not 10 saying, bucks? <laughs> right. Yeah. Not in the partying sense, just in the opportunity sense. Oh, just for say sure. yes. Just go. Just I know and she knows me, like if somebody goes, hey, uh, Aaron, you want to come to Pittsburgh? Normally I'd be like, oh, man, all right, all right, you know, and, and I'll fight yeah. it. you got to embrace that adventure, man. Right, right, and that's what she's telling me. And and, and that goes into my just say yes part. So anything that's coming down the pipeline, even this, just it's part of my just say yes. I got to get out there. I want to, I, I kind of want to show the world, you know, or at least eerie that, that I'm still alive. I'm still here with. You know, the music's always been there, but this comedy thing, I really, I, I, I kind of want to bring joy, you know? I mean, I, I'm, yeah, a, I'm kind of a negative guy, and if you saw me, if you hung out with me You're every day. You're the perfect day, comic type, though. Really? They, 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 they say comics are, like, usually, like, kind of depressed and negative, and their cynical view just, uh, it's so funny to others, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can really milk that about yourself, you know, for a positive. That's kind of what, yeah, Not saying yeah. you're, ne- you know, just yeah, yeah, we, what yeah. you said. If, if, you, if you saw me at, you know last night at 2 a.m. I was like, oh, God, I want to suck. I don't want to do this. But no, <laughs> you know, now, <laughs> now I, I, I just want to bring joy. I, that, and remember, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning. It's when I tell people, when, when some of my depressed friends are like, oh, man, how do I get out of this spiral? I was like, dude, just hang around some funny people, man. And, and maybe, maybe someday I could be that funny guy. You know, I'll be your funny friend that'll make you laugh. And we'll go, and, and maybe I can pull you out of that spiral. Because comedy did it for me. It pulled me out of the spiral. You yeah. Know? You know, and laughter. That's laughter awesome. is, it's like, the, it's like this universal drug that we all have. They're like, everybody laughs. Everybody laughs. And you just got to find that little thing that makes that person laugh. That, that little tickle of funny bone thing. Yeah. You got a nice spot, dude. From what you're saying, you got you got your work, graphic design, which you don't, which you enjoy doing for the most part. I'm okay um, with the day job, yeah. And then you, you're doing uh, the whiskey road thing, make a couple extra bucks and jamming, and then uh, you know you're always writing music as well. And now you're doing the comedy uh, as a passion. Yeah. Uh, you're you're in a good, unique spot. Um, I think I am. I think are. I am. You are. I'm uh, thankful. Uh, I'm I'm trying to kind of get to a spot like that, uh, to where I'm doing something for day work that's not. Um, that's not killing me and it's somewhat creative so like dude i got hats off to you bro well, thank you that's thank killer you. and i can't wait to see what your next chapter is going to be i mean you uh, coming okay. over to your house i'm moving in we're, doing <laughs> right, we're gonna make a record, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, <laughs> we'll make a record. Uh, so i think we're going to close out with a song what song do you want us to uh to well play let's with? thank you for coming bro hey thank you for having and me. thank you for the sync swimmer Just, fly logo oh yes yeah, yes man. well i got I got two dumb plugs. Now, on this record, the one with the kid smoking a cigarette. Uh, what's that called? This, well, it's just, I just called it, This is the Rebel Souls. But there's, I have two songs. Now, this is kind of a dumb plug. And, and if anyone's out there, they do. Like, I've got two songs that are on just uh, on Touch Tunes jukeboxes. Like, you, oh, you know the cool. jukebox. You can go to yeah. any bar. In. Touch Tunes. Just sure. put in my name, Aaron Forsyth, or Aaron Forsyth and the Rebel Souls. You'll see, you'll see a couple songs in there, which is great. You that know, is awesome. I have songs on the jukebox. That was Hell something yeah. I always wanted when I was a kid. One of my few blessings I have. Um, 
Yeah. There's a song called She Don't Like It. So that that would be one to maybe play. All right. But we'll kick that one off first here. Yeah, and Rebel then the last Souls, one. Uh, self-titled. What was that song called? She Don't Like It. She Don't Like It. Okay, cool. And then maybe the next one off this other record, this We Can Drive All Night. I love this record. It's like I'm stoked to hear it. It's just one of those ones that, as music, you know, sometimes you, you look back at your old records and you go, that stinks. I could have done it so much better. No, this is the record. I like this one. This this one kind of sums up what I like, what I am about. So I'd say We Can Drive All Night is one of the songs on it. So Excellent. Title cool. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks yeah, for coming. Thanks for coming, really dude. Thanks and thanks for, for yeah. This has been great. Are we going to be able to hear this on sound? Is this a SoundCloud thing? Is it going to be uh, on So you site? can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, no shit. Stitcher, uh, Radio Republic, Radio Republic, and TalkShoe. and uh, yeah. yeah, and then SyncSwimmerFly.com. Yeah. We uh, it's just basic. It's just a logo, and then we had the first episode, which was with Lyle. Thank you, Lyle, if you're listening. Um, and that one was about recovery. Tonight was just what we wanted, dude. We wanted to open it up about some more stuff and get in the mind of an artist. And well, yeah. really, really thank you for doing that, man. Yeah, yeah. Wee! <laughs> thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And with that, Aaron Forsyth. Thank you. Tell me what not to say Think I might have found you about the wrong time
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.